Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Avatar and the Sacred Text. And for anybody who listens to this, I am happy that you have chosen to journey through Avatar The Last Airbender with me. I got this idea, actually, from a couple different places. Uh, It was inspired first by the wonderful podcast, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Um, If you haven't gone to listen to that one yet, you totally need to check it out. It is amazing. Uh, The second place I got it was actually from my most recent counseling session. I have an anxiety disorder that I've been dealing with for the past couple years, and I find that when I can't properly express how I'm feeling, I can usually connect it to a song or a series like Harry Potter, or in this case, to Avatar. And as a result of that conversation, I decided to embark on this journey. The basic premise of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and this podcast as well, is that we can use any meaningful form of media and treat it as sacred. The idea that anything can be treated as sacred was a new idea for me. I had always held on to the traditional sense of what was sacred. That only things, the only things that were sacred were those that were found in a church, and only a small set of items can be considered sacred. Things like the Bible or hymns or anything that is devoted and dedicated to a religious purpose, as the dictionary says. But the dictionary also talks about things that are deserving of veneration and things that we treat with uh, regard and great respect. Um, Things that are regarded with reverence by a particular religion or group or individual. So for me, that says, uh, for something to be sacred, it needs to be connected with something. And it's that connection to our lives that makes something sacred. And that is the lens that I'm going to be viewing Avatar, or through Avatar through. Connection and belonging. So where can connection and belonging be seen? Well, right in the first 30 seconds of the episode, when Katara is... Uh, talking about the four kingdoms. Kingdoms of earth, air, wind, and fire. And to belong to one of these kingdoms, or to one of these tribes, is to be a part of something. And to belong to a tribe means that you share its values, its ideas, its and its beliefs. Uh, a small kind of idea, or a microcosm of that idea, is Sokka and Katara's relationship with one another. Uh, because they are family, the first thing we see them do is work Uh, for the good of the tribe. Um, In Sokka's case, uh, he gets very wet when he is fishing, uh, so he's not very successful. Uh, And he actually becomes very annoyed at Katara when she is waterbending in that first scene with the two of them. Because for Sokka to belong to a tribe means to be its protector, to be the man of the village. Uh, He isn't concerned with bending, not only because he's not a bender, but because he doesn't see any real application uh, for providing for the tribe's day-to-day needs. For Sokka to belong to the water tribe means to care for the health and well-being of that tribe. And it's something real and tangible that he can do, and it makes sense to him. In fact, Sokka even says, after they find Aang, that I'm going home to where stuff makes sense. On the other hand, for Katara, waterbending isn't, as Sokka says, playing with magic water or blah, blah, blah. 
For Katara, waterbending is that ancient art that is unique to her culture. It's a part of her identity and a part, what, a part of what makes her belong to the water tribe. I think for Katara, because she is the only waterbender of her tribe, it's a link to the past. Because it was Gran Gran who told her the stories about the four nations and presumably told her stories about the waterbenders of, pa- of the past. And so by placing yourself within that history, it makes her feel like she is not quite alone. Another area where we can see belonging is in Aang. As the Avatar, he belongs to a nearly 10,000 year history of Avatars. And Aang is just the latest in that long line. It all started with Avatar Wan, who, with the help of Rava, the spirit of goodness and peace, was able to master all four elements. And the fact that the Avatar is able to master all four elements essentially mean that Aang and the rest of the Avatars belong to all four tribes and all four nations. And the Avatar moves from tribe to tribe as the cycle of reincarnation continues. And even throughout this series, we see Aang inherit and take on the attitudes and ideas of the four nations. And another instance where we see belonging is in Prince Zuko. Uh, He was banished from the Fire Nation, and so his connection with his culture, heritage, and people has been effectively cut off. He feels that the only way he can belong is to capture the Avatar, which will regain his honor. And only with his honor is he able to belong to the Fire Nation again. Unfortunately for Zuko, he doesn't recognize the connection to his home and his land that is sitting right in front of him. Throughout the series, it's Uncle Iroh who constantly reminds Zuko that he doesn't need honor to belong. Iroh even says that power and firebending comes from breath, not the muscles. In other words, the way to belong is to recognize the power he has within. the part of the podcast where I'm going to use a spiritual practice to get a little bit more out of the series. Uh, The spiritual practice that I'm going to start with is Lectio Divina. Uh, It's Latin for divine reading. Uh, It's a four-step process that uh, seeks to help uh, the reader, or in this case the viewer and listener, to dive deeper into a piece of text or deeper into an, an episode. Uh, The steps are relatively easy. Uh, The first step is to ask what's literally happening in this short clip. Um, It just asks for context. Can we make sense of the story? Um, Where does this uh, little part of the episode fit within the larger uh, story of the episode? Uh, The second step is the allegorical meaning of the clip. Uh, are we reminded of any, any images or stories? Um, what is figuratively happening uh, in this short clip or if you're reading something in this sh- a short little bit of text? Uh, which leads kind of naturally into the third step, which is talking about like stories from your own life uh, where you've had similar feelings, face similar struggles, 
uh, to the characters in the set in uh, in this in the story. And the fourth one is uh, an outward looking. It's asking, um, what can the bit of text or this bit of clip? Uh, what is it asking us to do? Um, is it calling us to do something kind of in our larger uh, context? Uh, is it calling us to look at something that we can do? It's the like the application um, of the the thing that we have chosen to view. Okay, so with that in mind, I've chosen a clip and I would like to play it for you now. if you teach me water bending. You got a deal. Just one little problem. I'm an airbender, not a waterbender. Isn't there someone in your tribe who can teach you? No. You're looking at the only waterbender in the whole South Pole. This isn't right. A waterbender needs to master water. What about the North Pole? There's another water tribe up there, right? Maybe they have waterbenders who can teach you. Maybe. But we haven't had contact with our sister tribe in a long time. It's not exactly turn right at the second glacier. It's on the other side of the world. But you forget, I have a flying bison. Appa and I can personally fly you to the North Pole. Katara, we're gonna find you a master. That's... I mean, I don't know. I've never left home before. Well, you think about it. But in the meantime, can you teach me to catch one of these penguins? Okay. Listen closely, my young pupil. Catching penguins is an ancient and sacred art. Observe. So now that we've listened to our little clip from the first episode, uh, we're going to just walk through the four steps. So uh, step one is what is literally happening in this uh, short two-ish minute um, clip. So what's literally happening is Katara is looking for Aang and she finds him trying to ride a penguin. Um, If you've watched the first episode, the first thing that Aang says uh, is, would you like to ride a penguin for me? So he's gone off and he's found a flock of penguins uh, and he's trying to catch one so he can go penguin sledding. Uh, Katara also tells Aang that she would teach them how to catch a penguin if he teaches her waterbending. And Aang says that he can't. Uh, but he does offer to fly her to the North Pole uh, to find a master waterbender, and Katara is a little apprehensive because she's never left home before. All right, step two. What images and stories does this remind you of? So as I've watched the series, I've often wondered about uh, the different animal connections from place to place in the story. Uh, There are lots of animals that show up and have a pretty subtle but uh, big impact on the overall narrative of Avatar. Um, the, you know, the, the big one is Appa uh, Aang's flying bison, right? He's like a character of his own. 
Uh, but in this clip, it's the penguins, actually, that bring Aang and Katara together. And uh, the, the place where... It's also the place where the idea of Katara leaving home for the first time is broached. Uh, essentially, Katara is inviting Aang into a connection with her. So what does this story remind me of? Uh, this is step three in my own life. Uh, this reminds me of the times when simple things have led me into connections with people. Uh, I remember my freshman year of college in Regina. I was at the right place at the right time and looking kind of, I think, like a lost puppy. And uh, I was invited up for bubble tea. And as a result of that, I made a pretty, uh, some pretty good friendships just in that simple, that simple connection. Uh, I also just happened to be living in the dorm where I would meet my wife. And we ended up hanging out because my friendship group and her friendship group merged. And uh, we ended up hanging out more and more, and then we got married. Uh, Sokka and Katara just happened to be in the right place when they discovered Aang trapped in the ice. So it's those kind of those, I don't know, coincidental connections, I think, um, that this reminds me of. Uh, this also reminds me of the time when I've struggled to find belonging in a particular place. Um, I've had a hard time trying to find a permanent teaching job, and a hard part about moving from place to place for me is that I struggle to meet and form good connections with people. I'm sometimes anxious that people won't like me, or I'm afraid that I'm going to have to move on after a short amount of time, so kind of like, why bother to get to know people? And uh, as I was reflecting today that uh, every time I move and switch places, it, gets, it, get, it does get harder to form connections with people. Uh, so what is this clip calling me to do? Uh, I think for me, this clip is calling me just to keep looking for those deep connections and to reinforce the connections uh, between the people that I already have. Um, I think like Katara, it's okay to be apprehensive about venturing into the unknown, uh, but that it can be a good time. Uh, it can be a good thing sometimes. Um, I need to, I think, re remember that there is a community out there that will take me in, um, but I might just have to travel to the other side of the world to find it. Well, that is the end of the very first episode of Avatar in the Sacred Text. Um, I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, so please feel free to leave me a voice message. I think you can do that. Um, or a comment. Um, this podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a few other places. So um, feel free to subscribe to that. And I hope you in, uh, join me next week for episode two, The Avatar Returns. And I'm going to watch the episode through the lens of risk. So that's it for now. Uh, my name is Ken, and I've been your host. And I hope to keep journeying with you next time. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>